Okay, so we're going to talk about why pre-tribulation rapture doctrine is false. Okay, so let's get into it. All right. Every so-called scholar, theologian, or pulpiteer today unanimously present the John Nelson Darby pre-trib rapture theory as their foundation for their eschatology and teaching of the end times without examining the magnitude of the related scriptures that are part of the biblical doctrine on the first resurrection and a subsequent rapture of the church on the last day. John chapter 6 verse 40. As such, this fraudulent pre-trib rapture theory, which is the twisted intellectual property of the 32nd degree Freemason John Nelson Darby, which was conducted back in 1827 to 1830, based on a vision by Margaret MacDonald that she had some years earlier. This teaching has now become the mainstay eschatological teaching in every universe, university's spiritual cemetery called the Seminary Worldwide. And as a result of the Rothschild World Banking Enterprise funding to keep it in the forefront eschatological teaching. No doubt in the elite banker's anticipation of pulling off the secret project Bluebeam for the establishing of the seven-year new world order. The Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 22 to 23, that the first, re the first resurrection will consist of several different orders, which would begin with Christ, then the first fruits, plural, as the three such first fruit orders discussed in the scripture that will be Moved, will be removed at different timelines and spanning a period over 2,000 years so far. Then in verse 23, the apostle Paul concludes, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. This refers to the second advent timeline and the main harvest of the church. The fact that Hebrews chapter 9 verse 20 declares that Jesus is only coming back to earth a second time seems to elude all these scholars, theologians, and pulpiteers. So let us together look at the, some foundational biblical facts concerning the word first fruits. In Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 to 2, and Exodus chapter, um, Exodus chapter 22, verse 29, and Numbers chapter 3, verse 40, we learn that the firstborn males of the Israelites were given to, to be given to the Lord and sanctified as first fruits unto God. And they were to be specially numbered company. Likewise, all the firstborn of the animals were counted as first fruits unto the Lord. Concerning the firstborn males in Israel, they were to be sanctified, which means set apart, and they were to be numbered. This means that anywhere in the scriptures that we find any specific numbered company, such as the four living creatures or the 24 elders seen in Revelation 4, chapter 4 and chapter 5, as well as the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, also called the man-child in Revelation chapter 1, Chapter 12, verses 1 to 5, we are dealing with the first order saints. Now, when we examine God's law on the seven feasts seen as Leviticus chapter 23, we can discover that there were to be two very specific first fruit feasts that were commemorated each year in the natural looking forward to their spiritual fulfillment. First of these two fruits were the feasts of first fruits, which concerned the barley harvest, the barley harvest, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 10, chapter 10, verses 14. And the second of these feasts was the Feast of Pentecost, which concerned the wheat feast, Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 to 21, also called the first weeks, the first, the feast 
of weeks, Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. But then God throws a monkey wrench into the equation to confound that the so-called scholars, which are educated in the wisdom of this world, dualistic education system, with their PhDs and doctors as proof of their learning that separate them from us who are called by God. And as the apostle Paul declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, are set in the church as teachers. By God declaring in Exodus chapter 23, verse 19, bring the first of the first fruits into the house of the Lord. So we have, in essence, two first fruit orders laid down by law to be commemorated each year, the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of Pentecost. Then we have this obscure first of the first fruits thrown in the needs that needs to be precede the two first fruit feasts laid down by the commandment for a total of three first fruit feast observances that in the spiritual nature must take place as part of the first resurrection before the main harvest of the earth the church can be resurrected as the apostle paul declared in first corinthians chapter 15 verse 23 afterward that are in christ at his coming coming the second advent the problem with the darby pre-trib rapture theory is that he concocted this theory based on a passage of Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, which reveals the 24 elders, a numbered company, and thus specific first fruit company in heaven. And Darby presumes that this first fruit company of the church to be the entire church, as Darby does not recognize the biblical doctrines of first fruits. Since the removal of the 24 elders takes place before the declaration of the seven seals, John Darby assumes that the entire church must be removed before the tribulation begins, which is not true, as it only concerns the second first root order of the 24 elders. This group of first fruits are the ones that Paul discusses in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, that he that lettereth that must be taken out of the way and a part of the specific first fruits groups of the church age, the churches of Thyatira, Revelation chapter 2, verses 24 to 25, Sardis, Revelation chapter 3, verse 4, and Philadelphia, Revelation chapter 3, verses 10 to 11. But notice that those same three churches also have a second group of saints that are called the overcomers, who are said to go through the tribulation and to overcome and keep the works of Christ unto the end. For Thyatira, Revelation chapter 2, verses, chapter 2, verse 26, for Sardis, Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, and for Philadelphia, Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. So when the first order of the first fruits get removed, well, that happened almost 2,000 years ago when the first resurrection had its beginning, as Christ was to be the first begotten and of the dead. And, and but we read in Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 to 53, the following Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost in verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Verse 52, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Verse 53, and came out of the graves after his, after his Christ's resurrection, and went into this holy city, and appeared unto many. Forty days later, they ascended up on a high with Christ to heaven and fulfilled the scripture of Exodus chapter 23, verse 19, of bringing the first of the first fruits into the house of the Lord. As such, we find them as part of the welcoming committee in heaven. Revelation chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, seen as the four beasts or four living creatures 
and their symbolism of a lion, a calf, the face of a man, and the and a flying eagle tells us from which group of saints they had taken as these symbolisms were given to Moses as seen in Numbers chapter 2 that were to be the ensigns, flags of the four tribes that ended that headed up each of the three tribes that were encamped on those four sides of the tent tabernacle in the desert on the east side was judea and its flag is the lion on the south side was reuben and its flag and its flag that of a jumping calf on the west side was ephraim and its flag was the face of a man on the north side was the tribe of dan and its flag was the flying eagle then to refute the theological argument that these four beasts of Revelation chapter 4 verses 6 to 8 are the same as the four living creatures discussed in Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 1 to 10. When we notice that the four living creatures in Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 1 to 10 have only four wings. Whereas the four beasts of Revelation chapter 4 verses 6 to 8 have six wings. But of greater importance is the fact that both of the 24 elders and the four beasts declare in Revelation chapter 5 verses 8 to 10 the following. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Verse nine, and they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Verse 10 and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So the testimony of both these 24 elders and the four beasts declare them to be redeemed saints and the first fruits unto God and the Lamb. The word first fruits indicating them approximate to be 10% of the whole that they were taken from. Now the third order of the first fruits are the 144,000 Jewish first fruits who will have a two-part birthing process the first process, their sealing in their foreheads at the beginning of the tribulation, as seen in Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 to 8, and Ezekiel chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. And the second process being their resurrection just hours before the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation and seen as the man-child in Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 to 5, and Isaiah chapter 66, verses 7 to 8. And all three of these first fruit orders have to be resurrected in their specific seasons before the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23, in which he proclaimed afterward that they that are in Christ at his coming, which refers to the final two orders of the first resurrection at the second advent, which includes the dead in Christ and the we and we that are alive and remain, and the subsequent rapture of the First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 17, also spoken of as the coming of our Lord and our gathering unto him. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. At the second advent, John chapter 6, verse 40, and Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. All of this and much more is present and explains in my book, The Rapture and Its Seven Different Orders. That is based on my 1967 doctrinal thesis on eschatology. And contrary to the false preacher rapture theory, that is John Darby's intellectual property that everybody else teaches, what I present in my book and briefly reveal here is my own intellectual property that refutes the John Darby fraud called the pre-trib rapture. So why don't we begin to have an honest discussion on this rapture issue as it must be now 
be clear that the above presented biblical facts do not align with the false pre-trib rapture theory. I mean, the thing is, is like I've always looked at the fact that the church, Jesus suffered. Jesus went, was lonely. Jesus was persecuted. Jesus was misunderstood. Jesus was killed. The church was going to go through the same thing. All right. The, before Jesus, you had the prophets. Okay. They preached the word. They rebuked the people and they were killed. All right. Disciples went through the same thing. They died horrible deaths. And for some reason, people think that, you know, you're going to be ex, um, exempt from this. That you're going to be, you know, you, you're, you're not going to be ha having any problems in this life. That Jesus went without and you don't have to go without. And sad to say, that's been taught in many churches in Western societies. Third world countries are the ones that actually that understand, like, we're going to go through pain. We're going to go through suffering for Jesus Christ. We are going to go through tribulation. He's not coming back until the tribulation process is complete. Okay. And there's one verse that, you know, stuck out to me a lot. And it's just the fact that, you know, um, when it came to these debates, that um, when he talked about the pre-tribulation being true, uh, how could it be true when, you know, judgment starts at the house of God in First Peter chapter 4, verse 17? All right. God has to always... He, he has to get things straight before he got any, you know, even in the Old Testament, he would always judge Israel for their stuff. OK, for what they did wrong. OK, he would always check his people first. Before he comes, he wants a spotless lamb and he knows the church today is lukewarm. He knows the church is laxed. It's unhealthy. It doesn't want to do what he says. And he's going to put uh, put the church through tribulation in order to get either those people within the church are going to get right or they're going to leave. They're going to depart from the faith. All right. And it's going to be a great falling away because when the tribulation starts kicking off and people start seeing everything that's going on, they expected Jesus to come and take them out when that's not the case. And now they have to face the fact that they have to get ready now to endure whatever's going to happen, and they will fall away. All right. Now let's look at uh John Darby and how he really showed his colors. All right. John Darby reduced Jesus to a mere teacher 46 times. Now I'll read like at least five of them. All right. The Austrian Luciferian promotes the concept of the teacher of a world or uh, world teacher, Jesus Christ was far more than a teacher, but John Darby reduced him to just being a mere teacher, all right? Here's what the King James says about Jesus. King James Bible refers to Jesus Christ as a teacher once, okay? John chapter three, verse two, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. All right. Now, this is what Darby did. The Darby version of the Bible refers to Jesus Christ as the teacher 46 times. Matthew chapter 8, verse 19. And the scribe came up and said unto the teacher, 
I will follow thee whatsoever thou mayst go. Matthew chapter 9, verse 11. And the Pharisees, see it, seeing it, said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax gatherers and sinners? Matthew chapter 10, verse 24. This disciple, the disciple is not above his teacher, nor the bondman above his Lord. Matthew chapter 10, verse 25. It is sufficient for the disciple that he should come, become as his teacher and bondman as his Lord. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more? those of his household. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, then answered him saying, the scribes and Pharisees saying, teacher, we desire to see a sign from thee. Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. And when they came to Capernaum, those who received the Dishomites came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the Dishomites? Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. And lo, one coming up said to him, teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life eternal okay now i've read some of these things all right but it just shows the fact that you know how bad of a state the church is the church needs tribulation okay the church needs tribulation it's in dire need of it there's no way around it Okay. You can't um you can't say that, you know, God is going to accept the church and the state is in it's lukewarm, it's backstabbing, it believes in false doctrine. It needs a clean house. The body is sick. All right. And when your body is sick, you don't sit there and just, you know, well, you know, this is my body. I'm just going to deal with what it is. No, you're going to work out. You're going to eat right foods. You're going to go on a diet. You're going to do what it takes to get your body into tip top shape as it used to be. OK, that means you're going to go through some grueling exercises. You're going to go without food, maybe. And you that's what's going to happen. God's going to put the church through some really hard times. And that's what's going to strengthen the church. Now we're going to look at also um, the scriptures from the King James Version compared to the Don, to the Darby Version. Okay. Now we're going to look at Hebrews chapter nine verse twenty-six. For then must be must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. This is what the Darby version says, all right, consumption of the ages changes the words. Since he had then been obliged to often to suffer from the foundation of the world, but now once in the consummation of ages, he has been manifested for the putting away of sin by his sacrifice. Okay, now what, let's look what the answers look for the consummation of the ages. What does that mean? All right. They also the theosophists. That's what that's who Darby was. Do not believe in the Bible doctrine of the end of the world. Rather, they believe, as did Plymouth Brethren leaders John Darby, Thomas Newby, and their American agent Cyrus Schofield, in the doctrine of consumption of the age. On the other hand, at no time since the Christian era 
have the precursor signs described in Matthew applied so graphically and forcibly to any epoch as they do to our own times? When has a nation arisen against nation more than at this time? When have famines, another name for such destitute purposism, and the famished multitudes of the proletariat been more cruel, earthquakes more frequent, or covered such an area simultaneously? As for the last few years, millennials and Adventists of robust faith may go on saying that the coming of the carnalized Christ is near at end and prepare themselves for the end of the world. Theosophists, at any rate, some of them who understand the hidden meaning of the universally expected avatars, messiahs, sophists, and Christ, know that it is no end of the world, but the consummation of the age, i.e., the close of a the close of a cycle which is now fast approaching. Hmm. Jesus talked about the end of the age. Okay. All right. This is this is how they work. This is how they work. Okay. Now we're going to look at 2 John chapter 1 verse 7 chapter 1 verse 7. Now here, it's 2 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Jesus Christ is come. For many deceivers have erred into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Let's look at what the Darby version says, all right? Jesus coming in the flesh. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. They who do not confess Christ coming in the flesh, this is a deceiver and the antichrist, okay? Now look at another one, all right? Well, let's get to this one. Darby Schofield's coming in the flesh, all right? All right. Cyrus Schofield's uh, marginal note altered. King James says, Christ, Jesus Christ coming in flesh, all right? For many deceivers are entered the world who confess not that Jesus has come in the flesh, this is a deceiver and an antichrist, okay? Schofield's Jesus coming in the flesh, marginal note. All right. The King James does not refer to the same Jesus Christ as John Darby and Cyrus Schofield referred to, to because the Christ of the King James is come in the flesh, pre present tense, and the Darby's and Schofield. Uh, Christ is coming in the flesh, future tense. He already came in the flesh, okay? King James says he's already came in the flesh, present tense, all right? Schofield says future tense, all right? In the Bible, you know, Christ came in the flesh already, all right? Schofield, presently. He, I'm, I'm sorry, Schofield is the future, coming in the flesh. I'm like, no, 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 no. All right, let's look at this again. According to the King James Version, the deceiver and an antichrist confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. According to the Cyprus, Cyrus Schofield's 1917 marginal note, altered King James, a deceiver and antichrist confess not Jesus coming in flesh. According to the John Darby Version, the deceiver and the antichrist does not confess uh, Christ coming in the flesh. All right. 
Christians who believe the King James is the word of God in English fail to test 2 John first one, um, second job, second John chapter one, verse seven, as translated by Darby and Cyrus Schofield. King James Version readers have not respect of persons in judgment, do not confess Darby and Schofield's Christ, who is coming in flesh. Rather, we confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. The Darby version and Schofield study Bible are well virtually virtually all modern versions condemn as deceivers and antichrist those who refuse to confess that Jesus Christ is yet to come in the flesh. Indeed, those who hold fast to Jesus Christ as revealed in the authorized version without marginal notes that recommend corrupt text alterations shall be denounced as antichrist when the one world religion government gains full control. The only confession of Christ that the one world church global interfaith movement approves is the one Darby marked in his version, the one who is coming in the flesh as a teacher rather than a master, rather than the master, and goes by the new age title, the Christ, rather than Christ. This is coming in the flesh. Christ is the new age, new world, new, um, new world teacher, okay? Some may object to my assertion that Darby and Schofields and other modern versions Christ of 2 John chapter 1, verse 7 is actually a thinly veiled reference to Antichrist, but sadly, this is definitely the case. Second John chapter one, verse seven refers to the first advent of Jesus Christ, not his second coming, okay? Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and he will come again and shall change our vile body that may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. See Philippians chapter three, verse 21, all right? church is definitely in need of the tribulation okay and they ain't going nowhere until they are gotten fit and ready for jesus and a lot of us the signs are all around okay and unfortunately many people are going to fall away they are going to fall away they're going to fall away because they don't like hard times they want things easy but our reality says life is not easy he said in this world you will have trouble that's what jesus said but we we listen to these false teachers because they tell us everything our itching ears want to hear fortunately a lot of people are going to be deceived because they want to be deceived my people perish for lack of knowledge because they have rejected the knowledge given and a whole lot of that part in the Bible talks about, uh, you know, mother will turn against daughter, father against son, nation against nation. It's going to get real. It's going to get real. Peace and God bless. Like, share, comment, and subscribe.